Hello and welcome to Culture Illiterate, a podcast where four friends overthink comic book movies. I'm Jake, and for the it's not super new news anymore, but for the first time since we since it happened, we've recording. I'm engaged, so that's my fun fact. I'm engaged. Gross. Uh, with me are my friends and fellow co-hosts that aren't engaged except for one. I'm Jason, and my brother's engaged, uh, and I have a sword. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Sean got me a sword. <laughs> Wait, did you did you manage to get it back home? Yeah, because Casey drove me home. Shout out Casey, too. So, I did get it home. I'm looking at it right now, actually. Damn it, I wanted you to bring it on public transportation. No. Watch. <laughs> I didn't really feel like uh, doing that one. Watch as security decides, what is that man doing with that big sword? In, in theory, it's not sharpened, though I could still do damage with it. <laughs> you could still do a lot of damage. It's, it's hefty. It's hefty. It's a master sword from Zelda. I guess I should contextualize that. Zoraldo? Uh, from, yeah, from Z- Zoraldo. Because I like Zelda, and because Sean's a good friend. <laughs> so. uh, I guess it's my turn. I'm Matt, and my fun fact is... The Punisher, who was played by Ray Stevenson, plays the primary antagonist in my favorite, favorite Indian film of all time, RRR. And you can see, even though Hell his yeah. hair has turned to snow, he's still got that gun fu in him. <laughs> Hell yeah. I agree 100%. I completely blanked that out of my mind, which makes this, you know what, I... That bumps this movie up a little bit for me. Yeah, um, I totally forgot about that. Uh, so I am Sean. Uh, my fun fact has nothing to do with me, but has to do with this movie. Uh, one of the actors in this movie, known as T.J. Storm, uh, who we we may or may not get a little into later when we get into the description of this movie, but uh, he is like an Irish. He's like the leader of this Irish gang that does hardcore parkour. And, and apparently he's done like a huge amount of motion capture performances. Not not just including, but uh, Captain America Civil War where he plays Iron Man. Uh, or just the mocap for Iron Man. Deadpool, he's where Robert he does... Downey Jr. He's, he's Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> he acts as Robert Downey Jr. Uh, he in uh, Deadpool he does the mocap for Colossus, and in the MonsterVerse movies he does the mocap for Godzilla, which I think is just fucking hilarious to imagine that this guy who's doing all these weird flips and bullshit is a giant lizard. He's prolific with his body. He is apparently a very good martial artist and dancer. Um, oh, and I have two. I have two wrecks. Uh, my my first wreck is uh, these three lovely boys I record with. I recommend becoming friends with them. They I I can I recommend them highly. Uh, they're lovely people. Um, and Most my cute. My my second recommendation is a game that I've been playing called. Uh, Star Ocean, the second story R, which is the dumbest name in the world, knowing nothing about it. And I knew nothing about this game before I bought it and played it, uh, or before it was given to me and it was played. Uh, but it is very, very fun for people who like JRPGs. It's like surprisingly in depth and super interesting and just, it's cute and it's fun. I'll end it there. Yeah, I'll throw out a wreck too, because it's been a while since we've uh, gotten together to record. I was excited for tonight. I missed it. Um, 
I'll keep it to one to spend all the time that's passed. Uh, one of my favorite movies of 2023, May, December. It's on Netflix. It was a, you know, in air quotes, Netflix original. It's it's a heavy watch. Uh, it involves a grown woman having an affair with a 13-year-old. So, you know, just like, you know, be prepared. It's I, I didn't realize what it was about when I watched it, which for me is fun, but could be a little upsetting. Um, so definitely check that out, though. It's got like three great performances uh, from Julianne Moore, Natalie Portman and Charles Melton. And it I, I was laying down watching it and there's some bullshit that said at one point and I sat straight up in the air. and I was like, what the fuck? Um, so if that sounds appealing to you, give it a go. That does sound appealing to me. Um, I, I just want to join in on having a wreck, and I was thinking about this movie today. It's a really, it's like the most random wreck I've given, probably. <clears throat> Except maybe the Weezer podcast. But I, <laughs> I was just thinking about this movie today. Uh, Yes Man, starring Jim Carrey, from 2008. I love that movie. Zoe Deschanel's also in it. And I was the reason I was thinking of it was because there's a Third Eye Blind song in it that Jim Carrey sings to Luis Guzman, uh, and that song was on at work, and I just kept thinking about that scene, and I, so yeah, Yes Man, Jim Carrey, good good movie. Well, uh, the movie we're covering today is Punisher Warzone, and first and foremost, did any of you guys know this movie exists? I did, cause I had seen the clip where, uh. The fat guy dies. <laughs> you know, that towards guy? the end. You just said? The fat guy, yeah. Towards the well, end of real it. Quick, be- wait, real, real quick before anyone answers the original question. Who did you have written down, Jason, for the actor? Oh, Cause I was him. weirdly close. Um, fucking, oh, I wrote, I, my guess was Michael Richards. <laughs> and I have my, my note. Are you serious? I That's swear kind of to God. It was, <laughs> I just... So I have my Kramer note. for anyone. Yeah, that's who's the not... actor who plays Kramer. Oh uh, yeah, one of the actors in this is Wayne Knight, who plays um, Newman in Seinfeld. And the first time I ever saw this, I lost my mind seeing Newman as as micro in this movie. And it still it hit me again this time. I was like, oh my god, it's just so. <laughs> Jason's showing us right now, uh, their guest. Banana but nut. Th- that is so weird that you went to Seinfeld. That was Yeah, I don't weirdly, know. Like, I think I probably was just watching Seinfeld around that time. But uh, what do you... So, anyway, the rest of you guys, did you know this movie existed? And if so, was it because of Wayne Knight getting shot? I I knew this existed not not, not because of that, but, like, um, it was, it was one of those movies that was on late at night in, um... This was back when my parents, when we had cable, and they got, like, Showtime or HBO or whatever for, like, those, like, premium channels. They had gotten them for free, and it was one of those weird things that was on, like, super late at night for whatever reason. Uh, And I saw it. My dad watched part of it because we didn't know it existed. Um, So I have, like, a weird connection to this movie, I guess, but it's... This this is ass. This this thing's ass. Yeah, because I... (laughs) I remember, like, years and years ago, I saw a clip of Wayne Knight getting shot in this movie. I I feel like it might have been in a Watch Mojo video for some oh, reason. Oh, dear God. I don't know why, but, like, I have seen probably an embarrassing 
really high amount of watch mojo videos not because i like choose to watch them i just kind of end up seeing them somehow you know i don't know but it was a long long time ago and i like forgot about it but then the second i saw it happen i was like i've seen that you never forget seeing newman get shot in the head <laughs> i guess not <laughs> that's another wreck seinfeld if you listen to this and have never watched seinfeld it's it's goaded, so better yeah, Larry David. project than this. Larry David. Can't go but wrong. yeah, Pun- Punisher Warzone from December 5th, 2008. You know, that pre- D- December release, they were really going for the Oscars on this one. Uh, written by Nick Santora, Art Markham, and Matt Holloway. Directed by Lexi Alexander and shot by Steve Gaynor. It stars the late great, rest in peace, Ray Stevenson as Frank Castle, a.k.a. Punisher. Dominic West as Jigsaw. Doug Hutchison as... Looney Bin Jin, Jim, uh, Jigsaw's brother, Colin Salmon as Paul Budiansky, who has like a weirdly prolific career in comic book adaptations because he was also in like a couple seasons of Arrow and he played Zod on Krypton. And the aforementioned um, goaded in the sauce, Wed Knight as Micro. So the movie is ass. Well, on the, on the you know what? Side, the first it's... thing that I want to say about this movie is I forget. Um, Fuck, I had something lined up. I forgot up. all of it. Shit. It's the positive of this movie. God damn it. I fucking forgot. What... I had something lined up and it was going to be good. The one positive that I like as this being like the second theatrical release Punisher movie and the Punisher origin being kind of a by the books family killed revenge story. I do like that the movie doesn't spend a bunch of time on it. it when it like the one that picks up, he's just been the Punisher for like four or five years. Um, I wonder if that's because I think this started out life as like a sequel to the Thomas Jane movie before becoming a reboot, but he's already the Punisher and they just kind of breeze through like, yeah, his family got killed. Um, so that's nice. Yeah, I agree. It's like, you know, the Punisher isn't like a guy I need to like linger on the backstory of exactly. Yeah, they do a good job of at least jumping into it. You aren't like, there's no time stuck waiting for like the origin to come along everything's already happened and it's just in medias res kind of a little bit that he's like been the punisher for a while and shit's been going down yeah and it's like like i said i don't really need to linger on the punisher's backstory that much i kind of get it it's like you know his whole family died he's he's and not to say that he's not a you know character that can have layers just saying, like, you know, that specific backstory doesn't have to... I don't feel like it's something that needs to be overly verbose, so I like that they didn't linger on it and didn't really, you know, do too much with it, I guess. True. I mean, and it definitely, like like Sean said, it, it jumps right into the action. Like, the movie kind of opens with Frank um, assaulting, like, a party being held by, like, the local Don of the Italian mob and kills him and all the guests jump right into action and it's very gratuitous action this movie really does go over the top with like the violence and the blood and gore to the point of like there's a scene where punisher punches someone in the head and their head explodes and it's just a from like a punch to their head um so he goes after this mob and then uh the mob the caesar's right hand man billy the butte rosati escapes and goes to his hideout at a recycling plant where detectives Martin Soap and Safiot. Um, I don't even remember these names. Like I really, so many of the side characters just leave my brain. We're staking at the party and inform castle where he's hiding. 
So Castle infiltrates the hideout, and after a brief firefight, he throws Rosati into a glass-crushing machine that leaves him hideously disfigured but alive, and subsequently going by Jigsaw. Frank, who um, accidentally kills an undercover agent, Nick Donatelli, and then only after discovers that he's an undercover FBI agent and starts feeling super guilty. His partner, Agent Paul Badiansky, who... He helped who the deceased agent had helped like get clean when he was a corrupt agent and a coke addict decides to join the NYPD's Punisher task force in search of putting an end to Frank's reign as the Punisher and partnering with Soap, who leads the task force to bring Castle to justice. Meanwhile, Jigsaw it frees his deranged and cannibalistic brother, Looney Bin Jim, as he takes over the mob in the absence of all the deaths from earlier. So yeah, I mean, how about the action in the movie? Because, like I said, like it, it kind of does jump right into it, and you know from like the very start what you're getting into because it doesn't really let up at all in terms of how just absurdly graphic it is. Yeah, the the violence was really the only notable thing that struck me uh, early on and stayed with me. To be honest, you know, I'm going to say right now. The action is extremely gory, and yet at the same time, it's kind of boring because Ray Stevenson has like the grace of Steven Seagal as he just walks around and shoots things, and then when he shoots things, they explode, no matter what he's shooting it with, whether that's a rifle or a pistol. And it just got to a point where I just kind of thought I was watching like an RPG gameplay video of someone who grinded in the first level like a hundred hours and so they're over leveled going as they go through the rest of the game if you know what i mean that's a way to describe it it is because he just kind of walks around and shoots people and they just stumped like they spontaneously combust and it's honestly some like the goriest stuff i've ever seen yet i was very bored by it and another thing i want to bring up excuse me, is the family, the quote-unquote Italian family. First off, we need to talk about Jigsaw and how his accent reminds me more of Danny DeVito than an actual Italian. And second, the actual Italian family is so stereotypical. It's as if I was having warm-ups to do my Mario accent. Like, how when I was prepared to speak in the Mario voice, I say, say things like prosciutto, mozzarella, <laughs> ravioli, <laughs> stuff like that. Mozzarella. That's the best, best Matt bit. <laughs> That's like oh, the really... so far. best. Like, it's like the best way I can describe this Italian accent. It's so, so hysterically stereotypical. <laughs> He said ravioli. Matt's earlier non-Italian point, <laughs> I agree with, and that, like, talking about the him being overly leveled up, it kind of creates the situation where, like, first of all, to the movie's credit, I do think all of the action is actually very well shot um, and very coherent on screen. 
that said it's frank often especially in the beginning of the movie feels like such an overpowered killing machine that there's no stakes i kind of prefer the like tank-esque frank castle that thomas jane and john bernthal give that are just like get the absolute piss beaten out of them but also just keep keep on going um and, and then like with that the the level of gore kind of crossed the line into one of the issues i have with this movie is it's like inconsistent and it's cheesiness i think it's super 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 fucking campy except for these random serious moments that are also like kind of good and sincere in a weird way but the level the way the gore is visualized in this movie feels like it's like a later saw entry almost into this like gore porn torture porn category and less and it fails to be successful in going for like i don't know if they're trying to showcase the heart like how horrible this is or what but it doesn't really it just leaves me feeling kind of weird yeah that's one of the things i wanted to like talk about too when it comes to the action and stuff so like look it, it feels like it's trying to do two things and it can't it's not doing both of them as good as i've seen other things like the action is to me, it, it's shot fine. It's the choreography where it becomes questionable to me because it's like I don't I don't know. Maybe I've been like spoiled by John Wick or something, but like none of it's that interesting to watch. I guess like the effects of it are fine and like, but it just doesn't it doesn't captivate me enough. And then on top of that, it's trying to do like something like incredibly gory and grindhousey or maybe that's not the right way to describe it but like but you already have movies that are like the terrifier that already do it so much better and on like such a smaller budget where it's like okay well if you really want a gore fest you can go somewhere else i guess so like it really doesn't like succeed at either thing that i feel like it's trying to do and then on top of that like you said it has has some weird tonal whiplash where like this movie i feel like at times really wants to be absurd and does a lot of absurd shit but then it also tries to have that and put in some like heartfelt serious moments and they just don't mix well together it's so absurd it it it, like at times makes me be like so are you trying to be serious are you trying to be like campy and goofy because i can take one of the i can take one of the other but like if you're gonna be sincere there's got it's still gotta be campy a little bit and there's gotta be some heart to it and it just doesn't feel like the heart's 100 percent there to me um and the other thing that I, I i think that i i will mention before i end is that like why does this movie look so oversaturated it looks like ass <laughs> It's so bad the way that it's it, like... so bad. It looks like so, so. It looks like a shitty like movie that went straight to DVD and was on like HBO and like some divorced dad. Sorry, dad. I'm not talking about you, but like I'm kind of talking about <laughs> you. Like watches at home when they have nothing to do. Like, you know what I, I mean? Like that's what I, it looks I... like the whole time I'm watching it. Sorry to interrupt I, you, but that's just what I felt. I saw that, like, people were describing it, like, the, the way that it's, like, this saturated color palette and that they're trying to go for, like, a limited amount of colors that aren't exactly the best looking was because they were trying to emulate how comics back in the day were only able to print with a certain amount of colors and therefore things looked a little bit, like, washed out and, like, 
it had things had to pop in certain areas but like that's not an excuse to make that's it look crazy like shit. it still looked like dog shit <laughs> it's just you can't say well this looked like shit so the adaption also has to look like shit that's not how this works <laughs> Yeah, it's... yeah. Something's there's a reason art evolves with time and between mediums almost. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not actually as harsh on how. That's another thing for me that like there's a couple shots in this movie that I actually think are really really brilliant, but then like 99 percent of the time it's ugly as fuck. Yeah, there are some good shots where I can. I'm trying to remember specific ones, but oh my god, this jumping movie ahead, is... jumping ahead to the end. I actually really like the final shot of the movie. Where it's like the Jesus saves cross in the background, where just Frank kills the last guy, and then it fade, and then the Jesus like flickers out, and it just says saves and fades to black. So all you see is a cross that says saves and the Punisher skull, and like that goes unreasonably hard in my opinion. But for like every moment like that, there's like 99 moments that are ugly. Yeah, there's some other scenes in there that I'm like, okay, well that I can see like the imagination and the potential behind that, but like still, it looks like <laughs> this movie looks like ass. I can't get over the saturation. That was the one thing. I don't know if maybe it was like I did not illegally watch this movie. If any FBI are listening, um. But, like, I, I don't know if it was, like, what I was watching it from, but, like, it looked so saturated. It looked... It, the colors looked like they're trying too hard to be there, <laughs> but the blacks are too deep, and it just... Uh, it, there's, like, so many things that I feel like in this movie that are contrasting and juxtaposing each other, and it's just not... It, there are places... There's times and places where that works, and this is just everything that's going against itself and is like conflicting and causing this movie to just not feel as cohesive as it could one of the things that does look good though is i actually do really like the design of jigsaw um because jigsaw is supposed to look super fucked up and he looks super fucked up so i'm very very glad they they really went in on that one and didn't like you know beat around the bush on how fucking fucked up he looks yeah i feel like most movies these days he would have just had like bandages and some shit you know what i mean i feel like sometimes a lot of movies just want to like beat around the bush and like not show you the full thing this was like nah he looks like a piece of shit and we're gonna show you yeah i think the movie was overly committed to like being a b movie sometimes but this was one of the cases where that worked in their favor agreed Oh, yeah, definitely. So, Matt, I take it you didn't like uh, Dominic West's performance as Jigsaw? You mean Danny DeVito Jr.? I mean... Maybe... Do you just hate he Italians? He was fine. Huh? Do you just hate Italians? I hate Italians to sound like Mario. That isn't Mario. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What is this Chris Pratt slander? Chris Pratt stinks. Anyway. The voice of Mario? Chris Pratt? Um, Chris Pratt? <laughs> I mean, the performances in general are kind of all over the board for me in this movie. Like, I actually, uh, we talked about it. I actually really like Wayne Knight in this. I think he's, like, on the right, right wavelength of, like, a, a dude that really, like, he looks and feels and behaves like someone who would buy into the Punisher's bullshit. And other than that, it's just kind of, like, I don't know, Stevenson's so dry, and then Dominic West and uh, the guy playing Looney Bin Jim are so over the top, and uh, Colin Salmon as Paul, Agent Paul Budiansky is also, like, playing things really flat, 
it's just kind of like Wayne Knight's the only one that is like fully a hundred percent of the time in the zone for me. <laughs> like, it's dead serious though. Like it's very no, funny, but it's like it, it, it this. You just have to say him, that but... Wayne Knight was in the zone. <laughs> like that's what this I mean... movie has brought us to. Like that's the best thing we can bring okay. <laughs> to the well, table. What do, you, what do you guys have to say about the? the performances no that's the fucking thing i agree it was all dog shit <laughs> wayne knight was electric <laughs> wayne knight was electric unironically wayne knight was the best performance out of everyone everyone he was just kind of acting they were either underacting or overperforming. there wasn't really in between i feel like wayne knight was the only one who actually like struck a middle ground in which he actually was playing a, a believable character. Also, the <coughs> the tonal whiplashes also don't help. Like the emotional anchor of the movie is Frank Castle accidentally kills an undercover cop, and yet a few minutes later we're talking about Jigsaw. I want to be called Jigsaw. Like it's it's not consistent. It's it feels really weird, and. Oh my gosh, I just every time they talk about this dead cop, I have to go back to people t t speaking in stereotypical Italian accents. It's so weird. Bippity boppity. Do you think all of the performers do pull off good one liners though? I'll give them that. Like, I'm not crazy about like when uh, Budiansky calls all the cops Krispy Kreme motherfuckers. Like, I I'm not crazy about his performance in the movie, but like that got me. And Frank has some good one line when he, when he kills Jigsaw at the end and he burns them on a fire and says this is just the beginning. That was good. Um, I feel like he had another one somewhere. But I, I did like so I did think the movie like it tries to kind of capture that old like like fuck Steven Seagal. So like I hate that I'm using him as the connection here because there's so many better like action songs of that era like stallone or schwarzenegger but like that era of action movies that's so one-liner based and has this like stoic cold large man as the lead it's trying to capture that and it doesn't do it generally but i do like a lot of the one-liners what is with you and one-liners i feel like if anyone has like some semblance of a one-liner you immediately fawn over it <laughs> one-liners can one-liners can make and make or break a goofy movie i mean come on blade was fantastic exactly That's Blade was a, incredible I, 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 I feel like the one-liners over... here weren't uh, incredible in any kind of sense i guess they weren't bad but i thought they were pretty good like i like uh, like i don't know they're better than like blade trinity had so many misses in that department i thought um even blade 2 had had some great ones but it wasn't as consistent as blade 1 i don't know i mean i think i think something like that especially when you're like an action-oriented comic book movie that's like a huge just just a part of it and in this case for me they just they were the only time where i felt like i was getting the right energy out of everybody i liked all the drawers when when they all the drawers are uh budiansky asks like which ones are for the punisher it's like a room full of them and he's just all of them moving on since apparently you guys hate me and think I'm ugly. So Frank's Nail on the head. all distraught over having I'm accidentally he killed the noticed. agent. And shut up. He <laughs> is kind of thinking about ending being the Punisher. And he's going to go make reparations and apologize to Donatelli's wife, Angela, and her daughter, Grace. But Micro basically taught one that doesn't go well. 
Um, and that actually leads to one of the few scenes that I do like, though it sticks out like a sore thumb, where the movie gets really sincere and Angela asks Frank the question, who punishes you? And there's this moment of him like, and she's going to shoot him and he's encouraging her to do it until Grace, the daughter, walks out. And I thought that was a pretty well-performed emotional scene, but I also thought it took out like a sore thumb in the middle of this like absolutely absurd movie. And... Anyway, so Micro basically talks him out of retiring because he says Jigsaw and Ludi Ben Jim are going to go after revenge and kill Donatelli's family. So, which they're two henchmen, Ink and Pitsy, do and hold the family hostage. Punisher tracks down um, McGinty, a known associate of Jigsaw, executing him after getting the information he needs before Budiansky and Soap apprehend the Punisher. Castle tells him that Jigsaw went after Donatelli's family. Budiansky sends a police car to check on their residence, intending to turn the Punisher in afterwards, but Soap lets the Punisher out. Um, so he goes in and rescues the family, or at least for the time being. Budiansky then is able to arrest Jigsaw and Looney Bin Jim after a short gunfight, but Jigsaw and his brother bargain with the FBI for their release by giving up Christo Bilat, who's smuggling in a bioweapon destined for terrorists in Queens. The brothers are granted immunity plus $12 million that Bulat was paying uh, was paying to use Jigsaw's port and are given a file on Micro. So, Punisher's guilt. I think that is potentially interesting, but long story short, the movie does not do much with it. Yeah, I kind of agree. It also just doesn't, like... I, I don't know. It, like I said before, it really doesn't, like with everything else in the movie because it's like half trying to be goofy and half trying to have these serious moments where it's like genuinely trying to ask these questions about the Punisher like I do like the idea of like the one part where he's like there in, uh, in the uh, the FBI cop's house um, and the lady's like who punishes you I think that's such a I think that's such a neat thing to have in there but also like this isn't a movie that felt like from the get-go was that serious and you're dropping these things in here. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of a mess. Everything that, like, all, all of the... I don't know, everything's just kind of halfway done. It's halfway serious, it's halfway goofy, it's halfway... You know, the tones are all switched-swapped. It's, it's a mess. I, I can see what you're saying. Basically, they didn't really want to go one way or the other, and they tried to find a middle ground in uh, in sense of tone. But unfortunately, they did not pull it off, as you can tell from everybody's reaction. Uh, instead, we just get like a hodgepodge. Of well, yeah, because that's whiplash. the thing they don't they don't do a middle ground. They just switch back and forth. I know it's it's really really off putting. Like. Honestly, the amount of whiplashes this movie is more than what a roller coaster can give you. It's so all over the place. It's just they can't introduce these elements, like these super serious elements, right? About how uh you they accidentally killed a cop undercover and then what who punishes the punisher for his misdeeds. And then watch Jigsaw talk like talking his hysterical accent. I'm sorry. I'm I can't get over it. It's just a stupid ass accent. But his just him talking in general and listening to his like little little henchman group 
especially his brother. His brother's not even Italian. He's just a lunatic. And he talks like a lunatic. He talks like a Looney Tunes character. And it's just so weird to go back and forth between the two. These two elements are in the same movie. And so you, you just... You just get the worst of both worlds because they just won't commit to one way or the other. I feel like, and I haven't checked on if what I'm about to say was indeed an inspiration for any of the screenwriters or the director or anything, because frankly, I just didn't care enough to for this movie. Um, Though I do know Lexi Alexander, she said that she didn't actually have final cut on the edit of this movie and that basically Lionsgate was like really really brutal in the notes that it demanded and the changes it demanded so I'm of course a little bit curious about like if some of these inconsistencies would have been worked out had the director actually gotten to edit her own movie but anyway I feel like I feel like a large inspiration for this is the aforementioned like movies of the 80s your your Rambos and your Predators and your Robocops and things of that nature because I could see at points where it's going for those movies, um, while they are known for like the kind of like cool iconography on the surface, and like don't get me wrong, like like Schwarzenegger's character in Predators does a lot of cool badass shit, but like that movie was also like a criticism of the Vietnam War and was largely commentary on like the overblown machismo of that like those kind of personas and like obviously like at the end of that movie Schwarzenegger has to kind of stop being the big in your face muscle bound guy and he has to win by like stealth and smarts and it's a movie that starts off with like the big gun action sequence before kind of subverting that into this almost slasher flick and a lot of those movies do that Robocop is a fun action movie and it's uh, critiquing uh, over policing in the United States and worldwide and capitalism. And a lot, you know, Rambo is obviously a very blatant critique of the US military and international policies. And I think this movie, like, at points, you can see where it wants to be using the Punisher as one of those types of figures to critique gun violence in America and a lot, a lot about America. Like, there's, but it becomes one so scattershot with, like, I think it's a funny line where they talk about, like, when Jigsaw's face is revealed and, like, somebody pukes and then there's a line about how he doesn't have insurance and that's why he had to go to some, like, underground doctor. And, like, that's kind of funny and there's a lot of things in there like that um, as well with, like, Jigsaw's recruitment speech to the people. He's like, oh, we're going to recruit, like, the U.S. military. We're going to go to a poor neighborhood and recruit desperate people to try to kill the Punisher for us. And he gives this, like, recruitment speech in front of the American flag. Like, it's really, really funny, but it's so kind of all over and unfocused on what it's specifically doing. And it doesn't... It's not, like, clear enough that it's going for, like, a sense of satire and irony that sometimes it just feels like the movie thinks the Punisher is a good thing which he isn't and like the punisher is a character that you can feel for and you can like and enjoy and you can understand but like the punisher is not something that should exist and is a symptom of ish uh, all the aforementioned issues and i just don't think the movie like zooms in on on anything enough to kind of have that 
big picture criticism the way the movies is i think it's trying to take inspiration from do i know i just said a lot but like i'm like trying to process things because there's like there's fleeting moments where i'm like ah that's good that's good satire but it's just buried under a mountain of like garbage yeah i think it's impressive that you were able to even get that much out of this <laughs> it just has nothing to say and so it tastes like nothing yeah you will probably forget this movie within a week i hope so well, that's why I, <laughs> that is why i'm genuinely curious about what the original and like i don't know what the scriptwriters intended or what lexi alexander intended but because i do like i do want to give her and them credit for having some kind of intent and i'm just i don't get me wrong i have no real desire i'm not uh, pushing for some director's cut of this 2008 shit show but it does make me wonder if there was more substance that got taken out in favor of the over the topness of some of it because there's certain scenes that just like like i said like this the scene on the stairs with the who punishes you that doesn't seem to jive with like other things in the movie and I don't know. I mean, I it's bad. I I I I'm I don't want to sound like I'm trying to give it too much credit. I think the movie's bad. It's fantastic. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, I mean, like, yeah, that's one of those things where it like it does feel like it's trying to have. It feels like in some way there might have been some substance hidden underneath a lot of these things. But I can't tell if it's trying to be like like you said. I can't tell if it's trying to be like if it's satirizing things or like trying to. Obviously, there are some things that is satirizing, but, like, then it puts, like, the Punisher in a more positive light, and it's like, okay, that just feels weird. I, I, like I said, and I think this applies for most things in the movie, it has, it just has so many things that conflict with it in itself. There's just too much conflict, like, between the themes, the ideas, the visuals none of it like adds up to anything cohesive and it just makes this thing a shit show yeah I, I don't need it to i don't need it to agree with me in the like political sense of my opinion and to me the obvious opinion is that like the punisher is bad right and that sounds like an obvious thing to say but like if this movie wanted to go for the punisher as a necessary evil type of thing or necessary as long as the current system that we live in exists type of thing i wouldn't necessarily agree with that but i could understand like there's things you can put in a movie that make me feel that way and outside of that last shot where the punisher saves soap that's like the only moment where i feel like the movie gives any kind of credence to like his existence and why he's necessary and that being the final shot makes me feel like the movie does ultimately take that side that the punisher is good that as well as like the uh, Angela's like allusion to like me and my husband used to argue about you. He said you were one of the good guys, so she seems to think that now. But I don't think, I don't think it does enough to make me understand its point of view. Especially when a lot of the other stuff in the movie goes against it. It's just it. it it's just another way. It's all over, like Sean said. Um, I agree. It's... Well, okay. <laughs> I just, just me. This is one that I know, like, I I mean, I know I'm talking a lot, but it's just because I'm trying to fill a void because I feel like we're all in a situation of I don't know how much I have to, like, what I can say about this one. Because this movie is ass. Yeah, oh it's, it's not good. And it wasn't, 
long, but it dragged. Honestly, this is one of the shortest movies we've seen in a while. It's not even two hours. It's like you know hour what 40. else it is? One of the fucking worst ones we've seen in a while. I know, because it just kind of... I'm just going to continue repeating what everyone else has been saying about how this movie doesn't say anything, despite being over an hour and 40 minutes long. And how, despite it introducing elements that could be very interesting later on, it just doesn't do anything with these elements, these interesting elements. And so, we're just kind of stuck, right? Watching this movie that Jake is making us watch, and just thinking to ourselves, what am I doing with my life? Okay, I'd like to reiterate, you are all here by choice. Yeah, we did all agree. We all chose. That's what he wants us to believe. We, no... (laughs) Anyway, back to the movie. Uh, so, it's just a movie that doesn't say anything. It's a movie that decides to go to one way and the or the other, but it doesn't really stick to any of those two sides. It doesn't really take a side. It just, it, it's like, what's the saying again? Every life on this earth would remain unchanged if this movie didn't exist. Oh, you know, uh, it kind of reminds me how in the end of ratatouille right how the movie how the movie is basically about how the opinions of the critic have less meaning than the art they are criticizing is basically one of the main messages in the end of the movie i may have found the exception with this movie because it says absolutely nothing despite that's what i like no one was emotionally impacted by this movie exactly like it has nothing to say for an hour and 40 minutes and the worst part is that it tries to present itself as if it has something to say it has something interesting to say but it doesn't instead it tries to play it safe despite being in a movie in which you see people's heads explode as that just leads to just it being disappointing because it could have been more interesting it could have been so much more and yet they didn't and by choosing, you know, choosing the safer route, they actually cho- made no choice. They actually just made a movie that speaks to no one. And so because it speaks to no one, it has zero appeal. And guess what? It's forgotten. And which everyone did and should. In fact, don't even listen to this podcast. If I no. could, I would bring I would brainwash no. every single listener so that they will forget about this specific episode so that they don't have to remember. No, listen no. to the extended no, 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 cut no, 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 on no, our no. Patreon. No, no, no. This movie this movie doesn't deserve any kind. Remember this so you never watch Punisher Warzone. No, no, no. Matt, I, if you tell we are reminding them right now, you're going to be tiling this episode of- gonna fucking stab you <laughs> what can, can, for legal I, reasons just, i'm joking okay uh, can i get through the plot so that for we legal can move reasons on? of course no like i guess so God i didn't damn. even realize that you didn't finish it yeah so uh the brothers take micro hostage and kill his mom they also take the donatelli's hostage again and critically in- injure micro's associate Ca- carlos who is a reformed gangbanger that Frank has been like reluctant to trust, but had left to protect them. He's that. That's another thing the movie really leaves hanging because I think the concept of like Frank being way too needing to learn that people can change and reform 
is really really important and it feels like for like a brief moment the movie wants that to be the message that it wants to almost be anti-death penalty as frank an obvious symbol for the death penalty and you know the idea of somebody like carlos who presume you don't get told specifically but has done bad things but ends up sacrificing himself for this family but Carlos is barely in the movie. They introduce him in like the third act and then he dies in the second scene and then Frank forgives him, which, and then Frank has another, Matt can laugh at me, another line that I like when Carlos tells Frank, I'll see you in hell before Frank puts him out of the Oh, this was a good one. And Frank though. says, if I see you anywhere near hell, I'll kick your ass out. And that's a good line, but it kind of rings empty when you didn't, when Carlos is in two scenes, like that would have been really, really impactful if he was a supporting character throughout the film. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. It's just agree. another yeah. example of how they do nothing in, in this movie. Yep, they yeah, speak so... to nobody, and nobody deserves to re actually remember this movie. And I, even despite I don't think Ray Stevenson... Is that his name? Ray Stevenson? Ray Stevenson. Ray Stevenson, yeah. I don't think he remembers this movie, and he fucking starred in it. Well, he's he probably dead, doesn't. so he doesn't remember too much. Well, rest in peace, Ray Stevenson... I bet he didn't fucking remember it. I don't know. I, I, I think on paper he's good casting too, because in those couple of decent moments, I feel like he's he actually oh, has, he's good. But for the most part, and just visually, like there. visually he so, looks yeah. the part. Like I, I agree that he's, but like there's only so much he can do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, there's a part of and me again, that likes him as the Punisher, but like, huh, I like he looks the part. He he, I don't know if I would say he acts the part. I still like Thomas Jane more, but. I feel like he's a good addition to it in the end. Well, like him on paper, like sports analogy for our listeners that like sports. I liked Carson Wentz on paper as the Eagles quarterback of the future. Doesn't mean it worked. But yeah. I mean, I guess we got a Super Bowl out of that era, but still. Um, yeah, I and again, the movie kind of undoes. It has this moment where like Frank realizes people can change. And then the movie ends with him killing a mugger who... Was that mugger threatening to kill his friend? Sure. So, uh, but also, how are, how are we squaring away his life lesson of people can improve and then immediately jumping to shooting a guy in the head at the first sight of violence? <laughs> yeah. Like, what, I'm not talking about, like, I don't, like, killing Jigsaw is different. Like, Jigsaw is clearly a character that is not going to get better and things of that nature. Jigsaw and Looney Bin Jim are one thing, but the movie ends with him killing a random gangbanger after his big emotional moment is realizing that people can change. Which, again, so nothing happened. He wasn't actually impacted by that. <laughs> again, we yeah, come back to scenes, nothing happening. Both of those scenes are good scenes, actually, in my opinion, and are well-shot scenes, but they can't work together. Agreed. Individually, they are good. Together, they contradict each other. Um, so yeah, this movie so, is starting uh, to more sound more and more like a compilation series rather than an actual movie from the way we're describing it. Yeah, it does feel like there's a lot of hands in the pot, like almost like an like like something like an anthology was like this is my take on the Punisher, or this is my take on the Punisher, but it's all supposed to be one take. <laughs> yep. So so Carlos um is dying, so he's like, don't let me die like this. So Frank shoots him. Uh, Jigsaw sets himself up in this hotel and puts together a small area of gangsters that he recruits from, like, uh, desperate areas of the city. Castle gets the help of Budiansky, who informs Christie's father, Tiberio Bullet. I don't even know if I'm sad. Like, I don't remember these people. Was this this many people in the movie? About, I just watched it. About Jigsaw's location. Um, long, okay. 
Frank comes in, fights a bunch of people, gets bitten by Looney Bin Jim, who's a cannibal, and then realizing he's not going to survive, though, Jim flees. Uh, Frank chases them down and confronts him and Jigsaw, who are holding Micro and Grace at gunpoint. Jigsaw gives Castle a choice. He has to either shoot, Frank has to either shoot Micro or Grace, and Jigsaw will let the other one go. Micro bravely offers to sacrifice his life to save the girl, but Frank chooses to shoot Looney Boon Jim instead, and as a result, Jigsaw kills Micro. Enraged, Castle attacks Jigsaw, eventually impaling him with a metal rod, throwing him into a fire, and telling him this is just the beginning. Outside, Angela forgives Castle, who bids farewell to Budiansky and the Donatelli family. As Castle and Soap leave together, Soap tries to convince Castle to give up his vigilante status after having killed every criminal in town, but changes his mind when he's held up by a murderous mugger who quickly becomes another victim of the Punisher. Um, so one thing about the ending, micro dying was fucking stupid. Oh yeah, that was that was dumb. It had no impact whatsoever because we barely saw micro that much to begin with. And if you're gonna do the whole Frank tries to outsmart the villain and not make a choice thing, and then the same exact things happen as if he, if he had shot Micro himself, it was <laughs> like I don't okay, like that's sort of it's such a let like you're like oh it's gonna be a cool moment where he manages to say no no nope. no no difference poor new man like I don't know what to do with that yeah it just didn't you come out of it just feeling let down there's no other way to describe it I was like you either want both people to make it out because you're rooting for whoever the protagonist is or you want yeah I, I don't know maybe you you want the situation where nobody comes out of this uh i want like, the situation where i didn't I watch this for. fucking movie but i i don't want the situation where you have sit and one person dies anyways because then it's like okay well this is what everyone expected from this i guess it's 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 another time that the movie couldn't decide because it's like Okay, if if you have them, if you have him try to save both and they both die, then you have the movie. Then the movie's making a statement that Frank's black and white morals are a bad thing. If you have him try to make a make a move to get out of it and everyone lives, then the movie is saying like that there's some, you know, that's showing good in Frank and good in Frank's worldview and his uncompromising nature. When you have him not compromise and only one of them die. I don't know what you're saying. It's the exact same result happened either way. So it's just another case of the movie not wanting to, like, take a real stance on the Punisher. And I don't know, I don't know, like, feel free to, like, I'm interested in what your guys' takes on, like, the ethics and morals of, like, a Punisher figure is and, like, how sympathetic you feel towards him versus, like, some people who just view him as a straight-up villain but and a terrorist, but... I just need the movie to make a decision. Yeah, I, more than anything else, it needed to have, like, you've, you've got to have a solid stance, man. You can't flip-flop between bullshit and think that, like, neither coming out on top is, like, the choice you want to end with. Because, like, look, it just doesn't... You can, you can have that nuance, but you have to be really good at writing a story and cinematography and directing and everything else under the sun if you want that kind of nuance to be like well some people think he's good but also he can be pretty bad um you you, you if you really want to tell that line you gotta have that nuance to it and you gotta have like solid evidence that like that's what you're going for here but this one it just 
like we've mentioned before, it flip-flops. It can't stick to one thing. It just wants to have... It's like a weird situation where it wants to have its cake and eat it too, and it can't... You can't do both. You, you can't. You just can't. You could if you were good at writing or anything, but you aren't. So work with what you've got. Damn. I think a way to make the movie better would be if you didn't even have Frank be the main character. Like, if you want to show the two different diverging opinions on someone like the Punisher, why not have the movie through Micro's eyes, someone who is very pro-Punisher, and then also have the movie through Budiansky's eyes, who's, like, sort of a main character, but it's just kind of like, he just kind of comes and goes at points, and I feel like you don't have a huge, just kind of a FBI agent for the most part until you get to the once, until you hear, like, the only detail you get is the story about how his dead partner helped him get clean. Um, I feel like there's a really interesting Punisher movie to be made where you have a two different people that are you're seeing the movie from their vantage points and why a figure like that, who's not viewed as the human he is and the damaged human he is, creates these two different opinions and why why two different people with two different life experiences are going to view something that way. But this movie's not that. This movie is just... Ass. The movie doesn't have two opinions, it has none. It has ass. This movie's substance is ass. I mean, do you guys have anything else you want to say? I'm just saying right now, it's kind of unbelievable that a movie has actually have so little substance that we can't even make an hour of conversation about it. Like, it's, it's not even an hour of recording it. Well, it's sad because it's like, look, The Punisher, you could have, like, really in-depth conversations about. And it's an interesting moral ground to talk about, and it's an interesting political concept to discuss when it comes to, like, the subject of The Punisher and, like, the existence of someone like that and then further down the line to like how do we deal with like you know criminals in society and like it goes full on into those kinds of like subjects and themes and there's so much you can talk about with the punisher but this movie it mm, it it just doesn't do any of that right and it doesn't delve into those themes properly and it doesn't it, it tries to be a goof fest, and if it wants to be a goof, a popcorn goof fest, it can be, and it could be, it could be great as a popcorn goof fest. But it feels like at times it tries to have the message in there too, and it just, I like I said, it can't do both. It can't. I feel like I'm beating a dead horse at this point. That's why it's a problem. It everything to me leads back to it can't do both of these things that it's trying to do, and it could if it had better like nuanced part portions of it but like it just right if they knew how to mix it instead of just handing you like the ingredients of a cake you know what i mean yeah this movie is like officially like beating a dead horse while it's down because we just been repeating the same criticisms criticisms over and over and over there's not much else to say that's because it's the only interesting topic to talk about this movie like there's nothing about the movie itself that's interesting enough to hold a conversation. What a fall off from the Dark Knight last episode. We went from that's the thing though, right? Is that Batman is a very interesting character because of his moral code, and Punisher is the exact opposite. But that also makes him as equally as a compelling character, and yet this movie did nothing with that, and that's extremely disappointing. Yeah. So I mean, for myself, like I mean, it's obvious I don't recommend this one. I do not recommend Punisher Warzone. Um, it's 
It's a weird one for me because this may well be the worst, my my least favorite movie that we've covered so far. And on the surface, like there's certain like technical things that it does that I think make it better in a sense than some of the other movies. Like I think there's a lot more attempt. There, there's choices that are made visually, and there's clearly attempt at theme in a way that movies like Steel or Catwoman don't have. But I'd still rather watch. Like I can't even. I almost can't even fully explain my hatred of Punisher Warzone. It's just one of the. I, but watching it, I just feel uncomfortable and grimy in a way that, like, I, there's other movies I've watched that'll make me feel uncomfortable and grimy. But I feel like it's achieving that on purpose, and it's because it's making me feel emotions that are tough to feel. This movie, I just think, sucks. Like, I can't even like fully rationally explain it away. It's miserable. I. I I feel like I said a lot of, like, weirdly positive things about it, about, like, individual scenes or lines or performances that I like, but it just sucks. Like, I don't, I, I can't explain it fully. You just have to experience it, and I know it has, like, sort of a cult following, and I actually am very interested in, like, looking, I looked at Lexi Alexander's IMDb, it seems like she pretty much does TV work. I would love to see her do more films, because I think she's very talented, like, but this was not a good movie. Um, the high point is just Wayne Knight. He's like the only, he's not in it enough, but Wayne Knight is micro is like the only person that's like consistently threading the needle of like uh, being a believable human character and also still being on the like heightened wavelength because the movie is going for this like level of camp and sincerity that for me is actually the worst thing. And I know saying the movie sincerity is like the worst part of it sounds absurd in isolation, and if you're a longtime listener of the pod, it sounds like I'm hypocritical in that, like, I know I've praised, like, the sincerity of the Raimi trilogy, and then as someone who's, like, a huge defender of the Schumacher Batman movies, that's why I like them, because I think they're really sincere about what they are. But I think if you're sincere and confused, that kind of kills it somewhat. But if you... This movie wants to, like... I, I, I don't... It, the sincerity isn't... It's just confusing and like again you it's like the, the the scene on the porch is what i'll go back to the who punishes you and frank having these feelings of guilt about did i cross a line you know killing this agent and obviously there's a lot of potential commentary there on like who's like why does this of him having to face the reality of like why are you judge jury and executioner like he's feeling guilty about this death but not all the other ones he's caused but i, I <sighs> But then it doesn't go anywhere, and I think it just, it, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes you bump into a person, and they're on a bachelor themselves, but that sucks. That's this movie. Yeah, it's, the themes aren't themes, they're just, like, brief moments. This movie's itself, but it sucks. So yeah, that's, that's, that's my, you know, that's all I got. That's all she wrote from me. Oof. Oh, the other thing I don't like is the ending, too, where the... <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that i just like to mention because it like it caught me so off guard because like it again like we said this time at times this movie gives like such tonal whiplash and like the ending felt serious to a degree and then we have the part where like you have the cool shot of like where it's just the where it's like the the neon sign that says saves and the punisher is shooting like the the mugger but then it ends with what's his face talking about how he has brains on his shirt now and it feels like it's meant to be like it's meant to be an extremely goofy line it comes across as an extremely goofy line 
but it, 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 like, again, it feels like such tonal whiplash after what I, after the ending. Like, man, man, it just, ugh. It, it, it leaves a gross feeling. It leaves a gross feeling to me. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. There's literally nothing else I can add. The movie has bad needle drops. We didn't talk about that. There's a right yeah, needle drop. Oh, oh my god. god. There's a lot so of weird atrocious. songs. There's, Music was ass. It, there's Senses Fail in it and Slipknot. Like, some of the songs weren't bad songs, but, yeah. like, the timing was bad, and then some of the songs were just bad. Rise Against is my favorite dad rock band, but I was like, oh! Like, it's just, they don't know how to do a needle drop. They just don't. They just threw shit in. Yeah, absolutely. And the, it was also, like, very of-the-time music, which is sometimes, like, it fun. It was dated in 08 still. Yeah, but it was, like, like... Sometimes that's fun because it's like, oh, it's like a peak at the time it was made, but it was like not in a good way, just in a way that it was like, oh, I'm watching people do parkour with Rise Against playing. I feel like I'm watching YouTube in 2009. Honestly, the music they chose for a Punisher movie gives the vibe of the people that think the Punisher is like a pro cop thing. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like if you would watch this, if you would like score a Punisher movie this way, you would also have the Punisher logo with the Blue Lives Matter thin blue line thing on your pickup. Like, it just, it, that's the vibe it gives, whether it's meant to or not. Yeah, I agree. Right, now Does that mean that this version of the Punisher listens, listens to hillbilly rap? I mean, this version of the Punisher does seem to like <laughs> cops and... The Punisher hates them, so... Does he t rap about how he want? Does he rap about his Second Amendment rights? And then how he wishes people will rob his home so he can keep them? <laughs> You're giving me horrible imagery. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I mean, do you guys do you guys have final thoughts? I keep... I just... I wanna, yeah, I, wanna I put mean... This behind uh, me. Yeah, I guess... This movie's ass. I guess Wayne Knight was electric, and... Uh, but everything else was shit. I don't recommend it. Move on. Uh, there's nothing redeeming about this movie. It sucks. Don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with Matt here. This movie sucks it's, ass. Like, it was so I, dreadful. I can't, I can't think of anything positive. This movie just sucks ass. It's okay. truly one of the worst movies I've seen. Like, like, so bad. And I don't, like, I, there are a lot of shit movies that I'll still, like, enjoy because it's fun. But, like, I don't. I, I like having fun, and I didn't have fun. <laughs> I, like I didn't fun. enjoy it. I was so I've, miserable. I've never seen such competently shot action still be boring. Yeah. That's why I compared it to a Steven Seagal, a Steven Seagal film. It's so confident in its content, but its content is shit. Just like Steven Seagal as a movie actor. And as a person. And as Yeah, and as a person. Alright, I mean, no transition, no segue, just... Thanks to Alo Fett, A L O F E T T, for the artwork. Thanks to Jason for the music. Yeah, the Upsides PA on Instagram, the underscore Upsides PA on Twitter. I'm making music. It'll be out. Well, let's get there. Uh, yeah, this is probably another one of those ones that makes you be like, oh, I could do shit. They could put this out. Dude, so anyone can do anything, and... apparently. Okay, uh, need uh, money. Money. Are we stopping actually, recording? Like, with my whole heart, agree. Wait, do we but... start recording? No. Oh. You're an idiot. <laughs>
I guess no, Matt's... I didn't, I didn't stop. I didn't stop. Okay, good. Okay, good. No, we can't I'm just sad because I wish it was over. <laughs> well, in a minute. Well, okay. Here's it. So please follow Culturally Illiterate on Spotify and Apple and subscribe on YouTube and follow us at Illiterate underscore pod on socials. Haven't posted yet, but I finally set up a TikTok account to post clips because that's how podcasts grow. Pew, 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 finger guns. Um, reach us at culturallilleratepod at gmail.com. You can give us questions, comments. Leave a review somewhere, you know. Um, and finally, Matt, brace yourself and uh, do your best to keep your misery to yourself for now. Because next week, we cover the ultimate cut of 2009's Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs>